Today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, still looking sad. One of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some of the women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should, sh should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. These are our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. In this morning's Easter story from the Gospel of Luke, there are two travelers, Cleopas and perhaps a woman. Some scholars have supposed the other traveler to be a woman because we don't know her name. That's another sermon. <laughs> Whoever they are and whatever their gender, they are Jesus's disciples and they are making their way to Emmaus. It's Easter morning, but Easter has not yet dawned for them. They've not yet had an experience of God with us, of love that never dies. 
for them, the reality of Jesus's trial, beatings, and execution is the only reality that they know, and they're devastated. It's Easter, but they're wrapped in a tomb of their grief and despair. They're sharing with each other about all that has taken place when a stranger joins them and asks what they're discussing. Instead of answering right away, the scripture says, they stood still, looking sad. They're so hurt, frozen in their pain and grief. How I resonate with these two. Every Easter for the last four years, I'm so aware of the Monday after Easter in 2019 when we learned the devastating news that our friend and fellow church member Reagan Miller had died. Even if you didn't know Reagan, because you've lived in this capricious world, I know that you know grief. We all know what it is to move and grieve in the pain of grief. We understand what it is to be weary walkers, heart sore and troubled. These two disciples, they tell the stranger their story, and then they hear him tell it back to them, this time in the familiar cadences of their sacred stories. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in the scriptures. It's not clear what they hear, but it is clear what they do. They offer hospitality. Stay with us they say. Join us, rest, and eat, and then journey on your way. Even in their grief, they offer a meal and a place to stay. Even in their despair and confusion, they offer hospitality. And then, in the bread blessed and broken, they know when he was at the table with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking with us on the road? Each May, I feel my heart burn. It's the birthday month of my father and my mother and both of my brothers. It's Mother's Day. It's also the anniversary of my mother's death. This year, my mother will have been dead for 36 years, the same number of years she was alive. My heart burns within me each year as we get to the Monday after Easter and move steadily into May. The meal at Emmaus is more than a dinner of solace. It reveals the presence of Jesus, who, as before his death, still loves to eat with his friends. During the meal, his dining companions see and understand. The knowledge he had tried to impart to them as they walked along the road now becomes flesh. What they didn't realize they needed to comprehend as Jesus broke open the scriptures they now experience 
in and with their bodies as Jesus breaks the bread. A shared table is a sacred space where we acknowledge in the presence of others that we're hungry, that we often miss what is right in front of our eyes, that our journeys rarely take us where we would expect. Table hospitality is pervasive in the stories of Jesus. When Jesus wasn't sharing a meal, he was telling a story about a meal, about banquets and bread, about yeast, about invitation lists. Blessed are you who hunger, for you will be filled. A man gave a banquet and invited many. I am the bread of life. Watch out and beware of the yeast of the religious leaders. Give us this day our daily bread. You are the salt of the earth. And none of this is to mention the food miracles, water into wine, feeding great crowds, catching an amazing number of fish. The table at Emmaus reminds us that there is a profound connection between shared meal and knowing. This knowing that we experience at the table comes both as a deep comfort and also as a keen challenge. As the travelers discovered on the evening at Emmaus, the presence of Jesus persists when his followers gather to share a meal around the table. The journey on the Emmaus Road was much more than a simple footpath to a destination. The journey held emotions, questions, ideas about scripture and what it might mean. It held fear and hope, vision and obliviousness. And then sitting, feet tired, ankles dusty, it revealed to them the unexpected. And then that same path took them back safely to Jerusalem. I wonder if on their return they told this story and remembered that in the midst of their despair and confusion and their mourning, that they were hospitable. I wonder if they felt again their hearts burning within them. And if that feeling would be enough to send them out on the road again, ready to meet the next stranger, ready to offer what was needed and to share what they had. And then each time they did it, could they see that the ordinary is infused with the holy? Could they see every gesture of hospitality as an expression of the sacred? Easter comes, my friends, not as an answer, but as a kind of invitation. Easter comes to our hunger, to the hunger of the heart and of the stomach. At a table at Emmaus, bread is broken and Easter dawns. From his birth in a town whose name Bethlehem means house where bread is baked, to his last supper where he passes bread and says that it is his life that he's sharing. Bread and hunger have been part of everything Jesus has said and done. And now that we've recognized him in the bread, 
the work of feeding the hungers of the world awaits us. I worked at a restaurant my senior year of high school. One night I dreamed I was at the restaurant, but instead of working, I was sitting at a table by myself. My server was a middle-aged woman. She was kind and helpful. She asked after my needs, she brought me bread. She even sat down at one point to help me review the all too familiar menu. She seemed to really care about what choice I might make and to be making every effort to see that my needs were met. She refilled my glass of water and made light conversation. In my dream, as I saw her walking toward my table with my meal, I realized the server was my mother. She was about my age, older than I ever saw her in my life. And there she was attending to my every need and caring for me. I woke up soon after recognizing her, unable to ask the thousand questions I wanted to ask, but knowing I was loved and cared for, knowing that my needs mattered. It was an experience that left me more able to return to my own Jerusalem, my own small, often miserable adolescent life. To return bolstered, knowing that I'm loved. What visits have you had? When have you seen the love and care of someone who's separated from you now in the face of someone else? In community and in communion, we have the opportunity to know each other and ourselves. Do your hearts burn within you? Perhaps you want to ask that we just stay a while together. Perhaps you need this day to recognize love anew in your midst. The Emmaus travelers see the face of a stranger. And isn't that the way resurrection happens? We look into the face of a stranger, a neighbor, a guest, our own faces, and we see the divine. Seeing the divine does not take away the grief. It does not remove the pain. And it certainly doesn't end the work. But it reminds us, comforts us. It comes to us again with the knowledge that love never dies. It helps us to remember. As Jesus gathered with the disciples to share a last meal before his death, he asks them, begs them, remember me. Eat this bread and drink this cup, share a meal and your lives and do this in remembrance of me. I wonder if on that Emmaus road, if Jesus's words echo in the disciples' ears, remember me. As the crumbs hit the table and the stranger becomes known as Jesus, they remember and the divine is revealed. 
And so as we come to this table today, what might become known to us in the breaking of the bread? Who might we recognize in our midst? Whatever the answer, know that you are loved, always and ever. Amen. <laughs>